Um, for those of you who don't know me, in fact, for everyone, my name is Dan. Um, I'm on the leadership team here, and I've been coming here for many years, years that would belie my youthful and carefree nature. Um, we've been looking at the Apostles' Creed um, for the last couple of weeks. The Apostles' Creed was an agreed set of beliefs that the early church shared, that they could, they could come together on, that, they could, that could unify them. And these beliefs um, laid the foundations for the beginning of the church and what would go on to be perhaps the, lar- well, the largest, perhaps the most diverse religion in the world. So it's an amazing um, piece of work, this, this Apostles' Creed. And today, this morning, we're going to be looking at the Holy Spirit. Um, and I'll square with you. I feel like I've been stitched up slightly because this is a really hard topic to talk about. Um, honestly, I think. Um, and I want to do a really good job. Um, so so we'll, we'll try that. I, I haven't got all of the answers. In fact, at the end of today's um, talk, you may think I have none of the answers. Um, but what I can do is share with you my experiences, some of my thoughts, things that I've read, and some conversations that I've had. Um, and I think this is where I would like to start. And if I say nothing else, you should take this away that we need to talk about this more. I think we need to become a group of people, a church who share our experiences of God's spirit, of what God is saying to us and and what maybe God is prompting us as a church to do. And it's as we share those experiences, our experiences, and as we test them with each other, that's when we will develop a better understanding of God's spirit, an understanding that will surpass anything that I will be able to say in the next hour or so, um, or, or indeed um, anyone could ever say. So, so this is something we've got to challenge ourselves with. It's, um, yeah, it's confusing, as I said. I remember when I was um, in a youth group, not so long ago, um, and, and I remember when in this youth group we, got, we heard about the Holy Spirit. And we heard that you could be filled with the Holy Spirit. So this, this kind of piqued our interest, and we got rather excited. And so we started to pray to that end, that we would be filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, so we had these prayer meetings. And, and then that weird, um, that weird human thing happens where we kind of assume that God craves piety. So these prayer meetings just became earlier and earlier and earlier, to the point that um, even after these elongated prayer meetings, I still arrived at school earlier than I ever had done before. Um, And I remember going to the youth minister at the time and I said, hey, we're going to start these prayer meetings. And he said, oh, that's great, that's really good. And I said, yeah, we're going to pray, we're going to be filled with the Spirit. He said, that's great, that's that's really good. And I said, you can come too. And he said, "Mm mm-hmm. And then, um, and I said, yeah, we're going to meet at six. And he said, Okay, he said, well, the code for the alarm is 9155, and here are the keys. <laughs> well, why did he not want to come with us? Why were his expectations so low? And do you know what he missed out on? Absolutely nothing, because nothing happened, save for an anecdote that I would use in a sermon 20 years later. <laughs> nothing happened, and that's my experience 99% of the time, if I'm honest. And what I wanted to do was bum you all out. I think I've done that. Um, and over the next little while, I just want to warm you up so you're, and then I'll let you go. Um, but then something weird did happen. 
Because um, we went to Spring Harvest. If you haven't been, it's like a budget holiday with singing. Or a, <laughs> or a, a week-long church service. And it's as good as, it is as good as that. Um, anyway, we, we went to, uh, to the youth meeting. Um, uh, so there's, you know, hundreds of, of young people. And, um, and it's one of those, if you've never been, these kind of meetings, they never actually end. They just get slower and slower and more reflective to the point that everyone's asleep or has gone. Anyway, so, so it's getting slower and slower. And I look at my watch and I think, crikey, we're cutting into rollerblading time. So I, I find my, my, the rest of my youth group and I kind of, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to go, get my rollerblades on and go skating. Um, and there's a girl who's crying and so I thought I should go and sit with her. So I sat with her, and then she started crying some more. So I put my arm around her. I said, it's okay. Let it out. Let it out. And then, um, and then she starts to convulse. So I said, I said Lindsay, what's, what's wrong? What's the matter? And she turned, and she looked at me, and she said, nothing's the matter. I'm not sad. I'm laughing. It's the Holy Spirit. And my response was a bit like your response now. Like, Awkward. What the heck do we do with that? And, and in truth, there may have been part of me at the time, there certainly has been a part of me since, where I've gone, well, really? Are you sure that was the Holy Spirit, or are you just a bit emotional? You know? There's, there's wars going on, there's people starving, but the Holy Spirit's making you giggle. Is this, is this what the Holy Spirit's about? But actually, if I'm honest with myself, if I'm up to be challenged... Who am I to say what was going on in her life? And who am I to say that God would not meet with her and restore her to, you know, to, to give her joy? And if I believe or if I'm willing to say that I don't think that God would do that, that I don't think God would meet with us personally, then I think we have nothing. Because I think that's where it all starts from. But that story is confusing what do we do with that? I, I don't know. And I haven't got all the answers. Um, but the Apostles' Creed simply says, I believe in the Holy Spirit. So I don't need to tell you all about its inner workings. I'm off the hook. Instead, I can tell you a little bit of the stuff that we do know about the Holy Spirit. So let's start from the beginning. We won't go through it all. But the beginning, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Spirit of God over the waters in the beginning. And then Genesis 2, 7, this is the creation of humanity. Or more specifically, Adam, man. Then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. So the Spirit gives life. Gives life. And I, just so you know, I think these are poems. I don't think they're literally true, so I'm not taking something from them that I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't do when I'm trying to explain how we understand the Bible. I think these are poems filled with great truth. But from the beginning, these poets saw that God was... The Holy Spirit was present in creation, and the Holy Spirit gives life. These are some of the, the beliefs that the early church had, or, or, or the early Jewish community had, that, God, that the Holy Spirit was, was part of creation, and it, it was life-giving. And this is really exciting, because rather than carrying on with the belief that the Holy Spirit has to be this supernatural thing, actually it's natural 
it's really natural. And we don't need to, you know, I, quite often I'm looking for the, for the experiential, the, the I, I kind of think if we experience God, it has to be something out of the ordinary, something inexplicable. But actually this implies that the spirit is at work in the, the natural. And if, if we're to live in the spirit, it means to live fully naturally, fully human, not superhuman which I think is really encouraging and really challenging. And I think um, this is what Psalm 139 talks about. Psalm 139 says, Where can I go that you are not? Your spirit is everywhere. That's what Psalm 139 is about. God's spirit is everywhere. It's working through everything. And then we get um, other stories in Scripture. I won't go through all of them. There's, There's lots of instances of the Holy Spirit working through people, empowering people, coming onto people so that they can do extraordinary things. So let's take a quick, very quick look at some of these. So the, the Spirit empowers people for special jobs. There's a guy called Bezalel, um, and he, um, he was uh, an artist. He created the tabernacle and lots of the other things um, uh, when Moses was kind of setting up Judaism. Then there's um, the Holy Spirit empowered Samson to rip a lion apart. Very useful. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Um, Then the Holy Spirit emboldens Israel. So it empowers or emboldens. This is in Haggai and Zechariah. There's stories of of the Holy Spirit empowering the nation or emboldening the the, the nation. Um, And then um, for prophecy, this is a story about Moses. And and, um, they take some of the power from Moses and give it to the elders and they start to prophesy. So there's something else weird going on here in that the spirit seems to be able to pass from one person to another. Um, And then um, this is the story about a guy called Othniel, which is probably a name that's due a comeback anytime anytime now. Um, And the, the power, the spirit empowered him so that he could become a judge and then kill Israel's enemies. Amen. That's good. But this, this perhaps brings up another point, which is sometimes I think, we think we, I think we can get confused between the spirit and what the spirit is calling us to do and what we hear in our own heads and what we want to do. And I think there's a, a tension between those two. And I think that's why we need to be a church who talk about these things. Is this God's word? Because hey, this is in scripture. I don't know what to do with it. I can't dismiss it. But then in Galatians 5, it says, this is the fruit of the Spirit. It says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So it's at odds with some of the other instances of of the Spirit. But I think, again, this talks about... uh, the most deeply human, a fully human, not a supernatural human. This is about living in line with what God created at the beginning. God created the rules of physics, and and quite often we think if only we were filled with the Spirit, we could surpass those pesky rules that shackle us. We'd be able to fly. But actually, perhaps if we're living in the Spirit, we learn to live like this. This is fully human. This is this is the rhythm of creation. This is about relationship. It's about love that, um, that we heard um, the sermon 
at the wedding um, yesterday all about. And I would love to be able to put, to provide for you an understanding of the Holy Spirit that we can put in an empirically tested box. And then we could put that box on our shelf of reduction and then we could go, ah, the Holy Spirit works this way, just like that, let's do it. But the truth is I can't, I've tried, I have, I'm sorry to say I have tried because I don't understand this. I don't understand this, and I think this is why we need to keep talking about it. And then comes this curveball, Pentecost. This is why I don't understand it. I don't understand why there were tongues of fire, and I don't understand why people spoke in different languages. That defies reason and logic. It defies nature. It's miraculous. So I don't know what to do with that. I have another story. When I was growing up, uh, Paul is at the back. Paul and I were in a band. And I don't mean to brag, but we had four gigs. That's right. (laughs) You laugh, but one was a week-long residency as a youth group in Teddington. That's right. Um, Then, bizarrely, we played at an all-girls school. Not sure how that came about or why that came about. Um, Then we went to Japan on tour. Yeah, that's right. And then we we also played in France. So four gigs, but three countries and two continents. Not bad. Um, When we were in France, uh, we we went with our youth group. And we had just finished a a week of 24-7 prayer. And basically, the week of 24-7 prayer was all about wanting the gift of tongues. That's what we spent our time praying about. So I got in there kind of like 15 minutes in, praying for the gift of tongues, I want the gift of tongues, half an hour in, thinking, well, I've kind of said it, um, don't really know what more I can say, so I gave up. Um, but others kept with it, they kept praying for the gift of tongues, and some of them reported that they did have the gift of tongues, which is amazing. Um, and then my friend Catherine, she was praying for the gift of tongues. And she prayed and she prayed, nothing. She tried, nothing. She prayed again, nothing. And I thought, that's why I didn't bother to, you know, go beyond the half hour. But then we went to France and we were kind of playing. And it, it was a bit like one of those meetings that, don't, that doesn't end. It just gets slower and slower. So there I am using my delay, chorus, reverb. That's the kind of effects that the Holy Spirit likes. Um, so it's getting slower and slower. People that, and then um, the rest of the, the um, youth group, they're, they're praying for these French kids. We senior, we senior, plus senior, plus senior, or whatever you do in French. Um, so they're, they're, they're praying for the, the, the French youth group. And my, th- my friend Catherine, um, this guy comes up to her and indicates that he wants prayer. So she starts praying and she, she's smart. So she thinks, ah, I shall test again if I have the spirit of the gift of tongues um, because this guy's French. If she doesn't, she, he's just going to think she's from the north of England or something, you know. Um, so she tests it out, and she, she prays for the guy in tongues. Nothing happens. She feels a bit embarrassed. She finds a corner, and she hides in it until the end, by which point we've finally slowed down so much that it's wrapping up, and we're all packing up. Um, and this guy comes to find Catherine. Gets very excited, and he's all in her face, kind of... You know, gibbering away in French, and she says, "Slow down, slow down. I don't, I don't understand you. I don't speak French." 
And then he says, in perfect English, so this is awkward because now he knows that she was just going off on one. But he says, in perfect English, but you were praying for me in French. What? And then, and then he says, and I wanted to ask you how you knew that stuff because I haven't told anyone. I mean, WTF. This is, and by that I mean, well, that's fantastic. Um, is, that is extraordinary, is it not? It's extraordinary, and I can't, I can't understand that. I tell you that story, not, and I tell you that story as a one-off because I haven't got lots of stories like that. That's not my experience. My experience of praying for people is not that these things happen. My experience of asking the, for the gift of tongues was, oh, this is just a little bit boring, and I'd rather you know, go and do something else. I haven't got stories like this. This is not my, my, my experience, my regular experience. These are extraordinary things. So what do we do with these stories? How can we begin to make sense of them? How do we, what do we do in response? And I have two points, really. The first is what I said earlier. It's that we can't understand God. I can't understand God. I don't understand God. I think I, I said a few weeks ago that God is beyond our understanding and comprehension of nouns and numbers. The reality of God is. But we have to try to understand him, her, it, using nouns and numbers. The reality of God is beyond our own. But I think that in Scripture we can see that the Spirit of God is is in creation. Creation hinges on the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God makes sense of creation. The, the, God created the rules of physics to hold the world in tension, and yet the Spirit of God gives it life. And life looks like these rules. Life is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If you live to God's rhythm, the rhythm of the Holy Spirit, if the Holy Spirit is in you, this is what life looks like, and it's good. That's what we should challenge ourselves to do. And then the other thing that I have for you is simply that I don't know. I don't know. And I think our challenge to each other and to ourselves should be we've got to remain open. We've got to remain open to the reality of God, which is beyond what any of us really can comprehend. If we could comprehend God, we would be like God. But we cannot comprehend God. And so, yeah, my final challenge to us is really that we will become a community, a church, who starts to share our stories. What would that look like? What, what would it look like if we spoke more openly about what we think God is telling each of us today? challenging us to do in our community? What would it look like if we were so committed to the rhythm of the Holy Spirit that we became more loving? If we developed those fruits, that's the challenge, isn't it? That's living with the Holy Spirit. That's living to the rhythm that God calls us to. That's the challenge for us this morning. There's one more Bible verse that I'd like to share with you. Those, this is from Romans 8. This is Paul saying this. Those who live according to the flesh 
have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. He's not just saying, if you're governed by flesh, then you're going to be struck down. He's, this is about life. This is life and peace. It's like you can have life or what's the alternative? It's nothing. It's nothing. Life in the Spirit is the rhythm of God. It's the rhythm of creation. But we've got to keep space. We've got to lift the lid off just enough, I think, so that we allow God to surprise us. That is, I think, the challenge. Well, that's my challenge to you. And I think, I think if we believe that the Holy Spirit works today, then we've got to create space for it. We've got to talk about it. We've got to be prepared to be um, surprised. So let me pray for you. And then um, we're going to move into the time of reflection. Father, I thank you for this day, this day of celebration, which perhaps baffles us more than any other um, date in the Christian calendar. This day of Pentecost, when we celebrate your spirit coming and working through um, that early church. I pray that as much as it baffles us, it will begin to be part of our experience. That although you created a world of great order, you sometimes surpass that or suspend it. I pray that, um, that you would challenge us to be a people who freely talk about this stuff more, freely talk about living life in accordance with the fruit of the Spirit, living life in accordance to the rhythm you, that you created the universe to hum by. And I pray that our experience would be one of surprises, that despite our desire and our need to understand everything neatly, we would create space in our lives to be surprised by you, and also to have the confidence or the boldness to act on the times when you say or when you push or when you prompt us. Be with us, teach us. Amen.